You are listening to the Lighter Side Show audio podcast with Jamie Butler, the everyday medium, produced by the Lighter Side Network. Visit and subscribe to thelightersidenetwork.com for hundreds of video episodes exploring wholeness living, energy work, trans channeling, and more. The Lighter Side Network, where the everyday meets the extraordinary. Hi, Lumineers. Welcome to the Lighter Side Show podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Butler, the everyday medium. And I have in studio with me, Meta Sweet Edge from Edge to Edge Center. Say hi. Hello. I love that Hello, you're here. Hello, Lumineers. The Lumineers, I hope you're really enjoying the free content that we have and getting excited about our new podcasts with Priya Laki, Awaken Ananda. And we also have a new show, Nourished, with Colleen McCarthy. And of course, we have new episodes from Colleen Ziegler with Heal Yeah podcast. And we have new episodes coming out from Medical Girl Mystical World, Dr. Julia Spinolo, and a surprise show coming early June. So stay put, Lumineers, and put your fingers to the keyboard and let us know what you're liking about this new shift and what you would like to see from the network, because we like to hear from you. Now, we want to get into talking, well, I say we. <laughs> There's just one of me, I promise, but it feels like many in my head, Meta. Is that right? <laughs> yes. yes. We know about that. <laughs> Hopefully that's okay to talk about in Absolutely, front of you. Absolutely. You're not going to have me committed, right? Absolutely not. No, you're all good. Very nice. All of you is all good. All of me is all good. <laughs> you do some incredible work at Edge to Edge Center, which gratefully, it is located in the same place where the Center for Love and Light is off of Zonalite in Atlanta here. Yes. Can you share briefly what kind of work you're doing? Yes. Yeah. So I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and I've been a therapist since about 2003. And I worked at a holistic center indicator that I love very much. But part of what I wanted to create an edge to edge center is a space that isn't just for psychotherapy, that is for talks and groups and workshops, where people can come together outside of the counseling room. Yes. Um, I, of course, need to keep confidentiality between my clients. I can't, right? But I would have a lot of people coming to me with similar desires to talk about metaphysical questions about life, to meet other people that had similar types of challenges. And while coming to a therapist is fabulous and beautiful, it can also be kind of isolating. And, oh, gosh, there's only that one person that gets me. Yes. So that's part of why. Elizabeth, my spouse, and I created Edge to Edge Center was to create um, more coming together time for people. Uh, in addition, people these days especially are seeking more and more um, solace from the anxieties and fears in the world. And so yeah. addictive patterns um, are getting even stronger and so I wanted to create a space that is not a 12-step recovery type of place, but is a place where people can come together and talk about their addictive patterns, whether or not it's to thought processes or relationships or substances or the internet or shopping or whatever it is, where they're numbing or trying to escape. Um, and so instead of doing that, finding other ways to find solace and calm and really connect with themselves and each other. That's so huge. that's that's what we're doing. So we're doing therapy, but we're also doing those. 
I love that you're putting the element of community in it, but yes. also allowing the talk of the metaphysical side. Yes. Like, oh, when I walk into your office, it is so pristine. It is so calming. Yes. And you have crystals, yes. plants, art everywhere, the softness of the rugs, like everything has such intent. Yes, it does. And I love being in this um, industrial building, this loft space, because it has this harshness and hard lines and when we combine some of those masculine energies with the softness of the feminine and bring those together in a uh, in a balanced way, it is, I just think unconsciously and energetically, it is uh, so soothing for people. So I love that it's in this loft space that mm -hmm. is high ceilings and lots of light, but then we also provide these cozy smaller rooms for the holding and the being and the privacy. But wait a second, you're busted. What? Because I know that you do work outside of the office. So your space Do you mean is up great. in the loft? No. I mean on foot, girl. Oh, walking the paths? Wow. That's yes. true? That you is true. You get outside. Yes. Yes. And so for those of listeners who have been here physically, this community has access to Zonlight Park, which has paths. It's got a creek. It's got some benches. And there's just a lot of opportunity for... Um, walking meditations. <laughs> I send my clients before and after session for contemplative or walking or just time in nature. And then also I walk with clients because movement and bilateral stimulation of the, um, with the body and the brain is really great for processing and for our, my clients that need to wiggle a lot or move, my younger clients, my ones with <laughs> ADD, or just a lot of anxiety and sitting still across on a couch and yeah. looking at somebody eye to eye. It's tough stuff. So sometimes we get to walk. I love that aspect. Yes. And you use a lot of visualization in your work. Yes, I do. So yes, I, I do. I would like to know more about that and why you find it being valuable in helping somebody get over their, whether it's anxiety or trauma, and step into their healing. Yes. So... I'm a visual person, and not everybody is a visual person, but I do find that creating some kind of structure, and even if they're not a visual person, just an idea, mm -hmm. we formulate it in a certain way. So metaphor is something I've always loved. I remember learning what that meant in high school, um, the difference between metaphor and simile and whatever else, right? But that, that a story within a story, mm -hmm. you know, can help enhance understanding, um, illumination, and um, meaning out of things, right? So I think it's kind of funny that my name is Meta, even though it's spelled with two Ts, because I do love metaphor and I speak in metaphor a lot. And so my metaphors over the years as a therapist have, especially in recent years, as I've brought more and more to, of my own spirituality and metaphysical practices into my practice, mm -hmm. um, metaphors have kind of morphed more into... Let's really, can you see that fork in the road that we just used that idea of a fork in the road? And, you know, right now, just even, is it, is it a road that's like paved or is it cobblestone or is this a country road? Like, can you see, what kind of road are you picturing even as we're saying that, right? And, you know, and all of a sudden people just started going, oh, well, it's a, it's a cobblestone. I saw it immediately, you know, or somebody else is like, oh, oh, I'm supposed to visualize now. Okay, hold on. Um, and so that just kind of augmented the process. And then for those that I can sense are more comfortable with it, 
I might say, you know, and I, I invite you to close your eyes and let's just, let's see which, which of these paths are you drawn to today? And then it takes us into realms of therapy and process that, oh my gosh, right? just are so exciting. And so um, it's just enlivened my, my work. Well, I'm having a big aha moment. Yes, go. I just read an article, and if I can find it, I'll send it to you. Mm-hmm. I tend to just scroll through things mm-hmm. where they were talking about the importance of imagination mm. and what imagination was being used for. Mm-hmm. That in the right side of the brain, when we're learning something on the left side of the brain, it's all the logic, it's mm-hmm. our daily activity, it's you know how we hit those points and stay yes. on task. But when we're learning something or exploring something. The imagination's job is to throw up imagery, is to throw up memories, it's to throw up concepts, mm-hmm. creative concepts about what we're learning. So when you pull out that metaphor, it's really marrying the right brain and the left brain and helping them come together with this end result of what they're Yes, and so here's doing. the balance that we were talking about earlier, even but with the space. Never right. even thought about that. Because mm-hmm. I was sharing, I was looking at the importance of imagination. Yes. You know, A, for myself, I'm a big daydreamer, but also with my kids. And when I teach the class, is it your imagination or your intuition? Yes. Which they share the same space, honestly. Mm-hmm. So when you're engaging metaphor, not only are you bringing up the imagination, you're you're poking their intuition. Oh, like, right. Totally engaging that just to throw forward, right? Absolutely. And so that's why within those visualizations, those metaphors that then turn into visualizations, what we find down that road, there's the intuition that comes up and a memory may come or an insight may come. And so, yes, do, go ahead. Do you find that they go, wait, I already know the answer. Oh. Like, oh, my God. Yeah? Absolutely. Yes. I used to much more um, earlier in my career. And some of this is just kind of my personality. I love to teach. I love to communicate. I love to talk. I love to put ideas together. And I love, I love one, two, three, four, five, six, you know, like order of things. All of that. So I, I know that earlier in my career, and I actually did get a master's in teaching and was going to teach high school um, straight out. Um, I was only 23. I taught high school for one year and I decided, wow, <laughs> this is not the right time to do this. Um, in part two, though, I was drawn to teaching and uh, I specifically want to teach high school English because I want that's when I came alive to story and metaphor and meaning. But uh, unfortunately, it was too much about... Um, discipline and classroom management, oh. which, and not really going into the story and not many people were reading the story. I didn't know how to teach when people weren't reading. So I kind of had to tuck away that part of myself for a while and go and take my writing and communication skills into the computer industry for a while. And I wrote user guides. You did? Yes, I did. Stop. Yes, they were really boring, but to me they were kind of exciting, but no one was reading them because the, the worldwide web was coming and so that was kind of um, neat timing because it got me back in front of people again. And I was interviewing users of the computer systems to see what could we put on the screen at the exact time so they got just the right information at the right time instead of having a whole book. And then that ends up translating into my therapy experience. I ended up changing my career after doing my own therapy, and I just fell in love with the process. And so... I went and got my master's in social work in my early 30s, and I love that I actually had these other two professions um, with the technical communication and design element as well as the teaching, because now I weave that into what I do, 
So earlier in my being a therapist, I am quite sure that I was heavier on the teaching element and the talking, and I'm going to pontificate and say to you what to do, which can go into that person's left brain, and they may learn that. But it's, I like much more now. It just feels so much more organic and real, and I'm seeing people change and find peace even more quickly that I kind of have that something that I lean back into, and I can certainly pull out my points and my resources. But this is so much more about just helping people open to the resources that already are within them. And it is so beautiful. Well, what would you use visualization, guided visualization, Mm -hmm. or even the metaphors that you were talking about? Yeah. What would you use them for? What circumstances? Um, my immediate response to you is, which ones, <laughs> which ones don't apply? <laughs> I mean, it could be anything from a, a job change to a, a miscarriage to a problem we're trying to solve. Um, it could be grief. Um, I had a, as I've opened more and more up to my connection to spirit that I had very much as a child and kind of shut down and mm-hmm. opening to that again, it's amazing. I'm very aware that the the loved ones and the guides of these people are in the room with me, and I ask them for help before this person comes in. And what's starting to happen more and more is the metaphors I, quote unquote, come to me, right, mm-hmm. are directly connected to a memory with my client regarding the their life or their loved one. So that I'll use... beautiful. It is so amazing. I got this... Um, metaphor of a paper airplane, of throwing paper airplanes. Um, And it just came, right? And so I was like, well, you know, I'm kind of picturing paper airplanes and like, you know, throwing the paper airplanes. It was a problem we were trying to solve or something unrelated to this person's loved one that was crossed over. But that opened up this whole grief connection piece that that person was not willing to open up yet to me. And basically just dissolved into tears and said, did you just say paper airplanes? One of my strongest memories and that I miss the most about my mom is that we would throw them around the house together. And it opened up this whole, are you, what's, who are you? You, I've never met a therapist like you. Um, (laughs) So I don't know if that answers your question in a different kind of way. It's a bit of everything. Yeah. And then... Do you show your clients how to use visualization on their own to help them with coping skills or to get through things? Or is it just used in your sessions? Like when you do guided meditations, does it have to be through someone else doing it to you? Or can you like bestow it upon yourself? So I start with just having the experiences organically arise in the sessions like I'm describing to you, you know? And then, so for example, with this client. I can imagine, I don't remember particularly, but I can imagine I might have said, you know, this week, please spend some time. Just, I don't care if you're listening to music in your car, or if you're on a walk, or if you just close your eyes at your desk, but spend some time throwing those paper airplanes with your mom. You know, write about it, draw a picture about it, or just take a few minutes a day and go there and remember that and see, just see what happens. Just just see what happens, right? So I'm not teaching a technique. I try to just make life's aliveness as accessible 
as I believe and know it always is in every moment, wherever we are, whatever we're doing. Right. This sounds so wonderful. I mean, you are, I loved when you said, I'm I'm not teaching a technique, you know, so it's not like you're doling out something else for this person who's trying to explore and heal themselves to learn something else and add it to their plate. Like you are really just saying, just be in this and here's some ways that you can be in it. Yes. You know, by listening to the music or playing or sitting down or doing that. And so that's getting them back into that visualization Yes. And helping them yes. move through. Yes. That's, that's incredible, Meta. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You're it's welcome. It's just so much I fun. Really, and having really a background in teaching and having some of my earlier, you know, development around instruction and all of that. I'm just grateful to be at this time in my life. I'm turning 50 this year. No way. I am. Are you? I'm turning 50 this year, right? So it just feels, it feels so good to just be comfortable in my skin and the way that you hope for. And I certainly found the forties were more of coming into that, but to be at a place where I'm talking to people and I could do that didactic Mm. and I have that capacity if people do and want to say, Hey, could, do you have a one, two, three on this? And, you know, I'll see if I give them a one, two, three, depends on what the intention is behind the question. I might challenge them there, (laughs) but, um, but anyway, it's nice to have like standing on a foundation of I can pull out the, the techniques, but I feel people, they just want to be seen and loved and they want to feel that they can do it in a regular day, in, a, in their regular life, you know? And I just feel that there is an enchantment and aliveness to our reality that I just love helping people know about. And so that's like relation to the world outside. I also have great passion for going within and that we have using our imagination visualization to visualize parts of ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. So of course, you know, the therapy fields like, can you imagine your inner child and all that? Oh, so, yes. So right, this. exactly right. So there's a long tradition in that kind of thing, but I really expand and expound upon that. I I talk about, I use a metaphor a lot of those uh, nesting dolls, the dolls that are within the dolls that are within the dolls. And so um, imagining, having them imagine themselves as you are a nested doll and within you are basically a myriad of dolls, tell you the truth. But we're going to work at the very least with like little you, smaller you, and then middle-ish you, adolescent you, and young adult you, you know. So at the very least, you've got three of those uh, ages, mm-hmm. but even beyond the ages of ourselves, we have, you know, the work self and the mom self or the, mm. the friend self, you know, and then within that, we've got the warrior in us and the nurturer in us. We've got the creator in us, and this destroyer in us. So it's like really looking at the self parts. And uh, I use, I love um, Merlin and Arthur legacy, Camelot, Knights of the Round Table really? lore. Oh my gosh, a lot! <laughs> I just got so excited. Oh, I love I'm going to do a whole thing on that whole story. The the, the 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 journey of that story is makes its way into just about every story that we have. Really on the planet? Yeah. So anyway, we'll talk about that another time. Oh, so I use stop. <laughs> now I'm I'm hooked. Can you just like tell me why oh. that story? Um, there is a legacy of love. And union, so the round table, for example, 
that while we do need to go to war, so there's wars in there, and if each, in each of the battles, you've got an attribute that most represents that then got awarded to this knight. Then the knight comes to the table. So, for example, there's one of the battles, and the knight was nobility because it was the energy of nobility that brought the peace at the end of that battle. So you gather these attributes of these battle life. We have these battles that we have to sometimes get grimy and face fears and go into the battlefields of our life, right? So it's got the whole battlefield, but peaceful. How do we create the Camelots in our life? How do we come together at a round table? Round, round. We're all equal. <laughs> round, round. We all have a place at the table, right? Yeah. And so I like that part of the story. I like the part of the story around... Uh, just even the, the the sword and the sense of like um, the heritage of who we all are and what's our sword that it's unique. What's our story that's unique to us pulling from our own stone? Do you see what I'm saying? So there's uh, yes. a lot. No, I'm I'm with you, and I have <laughs> never seen the story like that before. And it's got a magician, and it's got a man, you know, and it's got these women of the round. So there's a lot. Now, these stories have been spun off in the chauvinism and in some of the romance, then they become a little contorted. But going back to like its original metaphysical energy that didn't get all romanced out and with the whole Lancelot, that's not a part of the story. <laughs> but anyway, people love to spin off. They do like spinoffs way before we had You were inspiring me to go back and like <laughs> read the story. Okay. Yes. So That is so cool. So I, ha- I have people visualize. I don't go into that whole thing I just went into with you. So I look forward to doing that um, uh, with clients as, as well as maybe a workshop. But anyway, back to the round table. So I use the round table a lot in meditation for people. And I'm just like, okay, so I want you to visualize the, the you who you are now sitting at the table. And let, let's invite in this you over here oh. who feels like she needs to leave her job. Okay. Yeah. And this part of you, let's invite the fearful part of you that wants, yeah, but I need to provide for and, you know, and then what about the part of you down here that, so bringing in parts of self that represent different thoughts in your head and that you, the, the, you're the decision maker, the capital S self, listen and make space for and hear out all of those. So instead of just voices in your head, personify them, bring, what are they wearing? Are they standing? Can they not stand to sit at the table? Because that's, you know, they, they don't feel a part of, oh, you know what I mean? man It's really cool. So that's another common visual I like to use for going internal and helping people make sense of their inner mm-hmm. world, to integrate parts of self, and to feel more centered and know themselves more. And people tend to really like that. I'll mention it once, and then they'll come back, and they're just like, okay, so I sat at my table. And so the pe- you won't believe who came in this time, okay? You yeah. Know? Right. Yeah. So the so and again, you know, it's just so I guess in a way I'm teaching a technique, but it's it's so it feels very fluid and organic and just conversational. And I'll just say so. Imagine we're round table and things like that. What a way to create wholeness inside of somebody. Yeah, you think, but I'm not giving up. I'm not preaching about it. Right. I'm just helping them live it and do it. And this is so, I'm not kidding. This is like progress for me. Ask anybody who's known me for a very long time. Like, really? you're not like going to give us a lecture on it. No, we're just <laughs> going to do it together. But this completely feeds my soul as a sensitive person, yes. as a clairvoyant. Yes. As somebody who has 
many voices yes. inside their head, as we yes. were joking about, I think, at the beginning. Yes, here. we were. <laughs> yes, we were. And that was well, part of what I was meaning when I said all of you is welcome. Mm. All of you. You know, behind the scenes, we get a lot of people at the Center for Love and Light who are really looking for somebody to help harness their healing yeah. on the mental side. Okay. Who can yes. sit and have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And we get a lot of, hey, do you have a therapist you can recommend? Mm-hmm. Because I've seen this one and I've gone there and mm-hmm. I spoke to a life coach and I've done mm-hmm. this, but they just don't have the awareness of really what I need and who I am. Because mm-hmm. when I show up, I have to compartmentalize my empathic abilities or I have to put away that I talk to dead people yeah. or that I sit with, you know, angels because it's just not really welcomed because I'm showing up as a human to have human therapy. And we always go, oh, yeah. Do you know Edge to Edge Center? Mm-hmm. They happen to be in the same building. Yes. Like, please go talk to them. And we mm-hmm. get moms who are bringing their kids in and needing yeah. their kids to have a therapeutic session or a space they can show up and talk about their dreams and their experiences with mm-hmm. the beyond and everything that's happening in their world. Yes. And I find that most of the psychotherapists, and I say most of, which is a very general statement, I'm aware, don't have the skills to look at that and kind of glaze over it and really build the human skills, you know, to really look at the emotional reaction Mm -hmm. and where you are mentally instead of looking at that natural ability of being sensitive to energy. And you really hold that space so well, my friend. I get a lot of feedback about what you're doing. And I'm just, can I say please as peaches? I mean, we're in the South. I could do that, right? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> please as peaches. Yes. Yeah. I, can I say something about why yes. I think that that's so people feel that way with me and it is a passion of mine. So, I mean, when I entered into what was the most effective, great therapy for me at 28, 29 years old, I was dealing with some of your run of the mill Um, anxiety, codependency, addictive behaviors, and all of that. And we had done great work, and I loved therapy. I did fall in love with it and all of that. But there was still like a certain ceiling that wasn't being um, reached beyond, right? And so the anxiety was still there, and it was, you know, and my therapist said to me, "Um, I think you're having a spiritual crisis. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And so she gave me Gary Zukov, Seat of the Soul, Great this book. was back in 2000, and I ripped through that in a weekend. I just ingested it, and it was Carolyn Mace and her work around Anatomy of the Spirit. Mm. And then I you know, really went full on in <laughs> to my metaphysical, uh, integrating the spiritual with the psychological. So my healing, it integrated the two from the very beginning. And it, was the, it wasn't until that spiritual piece, the metaphysical piece, the... I'm a spiritual being, being having a human experience angle instead of the other way around that contributed to, I know for, for me, my healing and finding my, you know, path and my peace and my true enjoyment, deep joy in life, you know? And I know not everybody's going to be quite as all in as I am. I think that has to do with my drive. And, I, you know, I've met with Laura Boone before. It has something to do with my houses and where the planets were and all that, that I'm like, I could talk about this all day, every day. And so when people come to me, they don't even have to be uh, nearly as, as into that as I, as I am. But those that really are 
And uh, those that don't come in initially with that in their mind, I end up giving them the same gift that my therapist gave me, which is, hey, I think if we talk about your spirit some and your gifts that you've had and you want to tap back into, that all this other mental, emotional stuff is going to, at the very least, be alleviated, if not completely clear up. It's amazing. Really wonderful point to make. Mm -hmm. I was going to mention, even at your center, Mm -hmm. the monthly classes that you're putting up. Yes. Like everything that you are creating with your two little hands just align perfectly with that. Like your Sunday pause meditations. Yep. I love that. Yeah. I really wanted to create at least one Sunday a month, a place for people to go and have that pause. So the mental and emotional and the mindfulness and all that stuff that we understand is needed of pause and rest. Yeah. Um, but also yes. to provide to provide a 20 or so minute guided meditation and then just provide the space for reflection without the teaching or preaching, just the quiet time. And I have started a monthly talk called the Metaphysical Edge. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that That's was part great. of what I was talking about earlier, like creating a space where people can come together who are looking at life through this metaphysical lens, lens and to realize that they're not alone and to find out other ways that people are engaging with spirit and life. And it's really fun. Oh my God, Lumineers, if you're listening to this and you're like, I'd like a slice of that pie or I want to know more, yeah. check out edgetoedgecenter.com and get to know everything that Meta and her wife Elizabeth are putting together. It's incredible. They're also on Twitter. You can find them there. I know you have a class coming up this Saturday, June 9th, which is Level Up Your Life. Yes. We want to provide people with tools and workshops of, again, coming together of like people that want to take their life to that next level of expansion direction and have, um, you know, getting out of the individual therapy room and getting some cool tools. All right, I got one more question for you. Oh, gosh. Okay. One do you more? do any remote sessions? Do you work on the phone, Skype? Yes, I do. I usually, I. this is my practice so far, mm-hmm. but things are growing and changing, that people that I've seen face-to-face mm-hmm. and had that experience with, then I'll go to FaceTime or phone. Um, I haven't yet started someone just FaceTime, um, but I have a feeling that's coming sooner than <laughs> I realize. That's wonderful. Just curious. Yeah. So Lumineers, we have that information in our pocket as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you would like to leave the listeners with? Authenticity is a word, a vibration, an energy that I feel people are yearning for within themselves and in the world. And as I've gone to sleep at night in the past few years, as I've thought, you know, what are people coming and thirsting for and wanting help around? And who are they really? What are they really? What, who to be with? What to do? What is this world really? You know, seeking for truth, especially today. Um, <laughs> so I love helping people find their own truth and then help their thoughts, feelings, and actions 
align with what that truth is. But often it takes a great deal of courage to know who we are, to live who we are, when we live in a world that wants us to stay who we've been or not who we've ever been, you know? So, and that's why we're so grateful you have Edge to Edge Center. Yeah. Thank you I'm for very that. excited. Thank you for having and me, Jamie. I love being your neighbor. I do. I love having you here so much. <laughs> and thank you for being in studio today. Yeah. I am certain we're going to be seeing a lot more from you. I would love that. This is great. I'm yeah. so glad to be a part of this community and to say to you that just your vision around creating a community here specifically at Zonalite, but in Atlanta, of bringing together healers, teachers, thinkers, where the metaphysical, the spiritual is woven into the being human, into the living of our lives, because that's who I believe we authentically are. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yes. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. And We're going to hug this out We're gonna when hug we say this goodbye. Out. <laughs> okay. Lumineers, thank you so much for lending us your ears today. I hope you're having a beautiful rest of your day. Remember this, what we're doing, all of this, it's not woo-woo. It's true-true. <laughs> Take care, Lumis. Bye. The ideas expressed by guests and channeled guests on the Lighter Side Show podcast are not necessarily Jamie's personal beliefs. Information received from the Lighter Side Show podcast is not to be used as a substitute for medical or psychological advice. For up-to-date info on Jamie, visit jamiebutlermedium.com and subscribe to the Lighter Side Network, Lumineers. I'll see you there. The Lighter Side Network, where the everyday meets the extraordinary.